welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hi. Hi. We're both wearing pink today. I know. Out of character? Very kind of. out of character. We're very vibrant. Um, very vibrant. I uh, gotta say, I listened to that Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again soundtrack. I haven't in a while, but it made my morning. Um, I meant to tell you this. I feel like you're in a fight with my mom that you don't know about. So we were talking about plays that we've seen because she went and saw a musical. Uh, and then I was like mentioning that I'd only seen, you know, one play in the last couple of years. And then I was like, wait, never mind. I've seen two Disney plays. <laughs> and then we were like going through the whole uh, sort of like musicals we've seen. And she's like, you know, I've seen Mamma Mia like five times. How many times do you need to see Mamma Mia? And I was like, oh, Natalie's, <laughs> well, Natalie's going to fight with I you. Mean, no reason to fight. I've never seen Mamma Mia live. Well, live. Yeah. But and I, was I just really like, have no interest to. I mean, I will, but I mean, it's great. It's a little long. In the it's not going to be Mamma Mia. Here we go again. It's not Cher's gonna be, not going to be there. She's not going to be so. there. Um, speaking of Cher, though, I just had dinner with a friend. And, with Cher? No, that would be amazing. I had dinner with a friend, and said friend's chiropractor is also Cher's chiropractor. And he's going on tour with Cher <gasps> to, like, New Zealand and Australia for five weeks. Wow. Weeks. But he, like, does everyone. He does all the the tour's needs. Chiropractic wow, we're, needs. like, five degrees from Cher. Oh, we're so close to Cher. Wow. Two. We're two. Two degrees from Cher. Three. I'm going to give that a three. <laughs> um, what are you fangirling over? Uh, a few things. <gasps> One, forgot last week to fangirl over the Netflix teen movie To All the Boys I've Loved Before. So, like, do you love a cheesy teen romance? Yeah. Yeah, we all do. The watch best it. is that Eric came home and was like, hey, can we watch this movie To All the Boys I've Loved? I'm like, what? And it's because his, you know, his boss, she watched it. She loved it. They were talking about, like, Asian rom-coms and, like, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh-huh. Notch is, has directed a Asian rom-com with Ali Wong and Randall Park that's going to come out. I don't know when it comes out, actually. Um, but so then she was saying how good it is. And Eric was like, do you want to see this? And I'm like, have I ever loved you this much? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want to watch it. We haven't watched it yet, but it's on, it's on the docket yeah, for Labor will. Day weekend. Number two. Sharp Objects finale. I was very into it. I feel like some people are kind of mixed, maybe, because really? it's like an abrupt end. Oh. And then if you stay and watch through the credits, there's like a little a little explanation mm. in the credits. But I was really into it. I liked it a lot. Recommend. Only eight episodes. Is that your So first... now that it's all out, you can binge it all. Right. Is that your first HBO endeavor since you like really got HBO? No, I watched like Big Little Lies. Oh, that's um, right. I kind of watched Barry. I... I told you I tried to watch. I Barry. watch movies. I don't know. My iPad kicked me out of our DirecTV, so now I gotta like log back in. <laughs> so now I was you trying. Just can never watch. Barry. I was trying to watch Barry, and it, it didn't work. And number three, okay. the most important. So last night I sent you a text that was at eight forty-five. Like I just started watching Roadhouse. Like that was the decision I made to watch a two-hour movie at nine o'clock. Um, but I I love Patrick Swayze. Yeah. We've talked about it. Yeah. But I've never seen Roadhouse. I've seen the end, and I've seen the throat scene. So I felt like I'd seen the movie. Yeah. Boy, was uh-huh. I wrong. What yeah. a time. Uh-huh. Love. See, I feel like if someone had told me that you see Patrick Swayze's full butt, full butt. and a Sam Elliott's kind of a daddy in it, I would have watched it years ago. Yeah. Also, I love a billowy blouse on a man. Yeah. Wow, what a time. That, like, satiny. Like, I don't even know. It's not even satin. I don't know what that fabric is. Great. Yeah. He's either wearing like a billowy blouse or a very tight crew neck that almost mock neck. Wow. That so, hair. Style. I'll, you just responded and I go, 
with Patrick Swayze. Like, I was hoping that you could hear in my tone the of the text that oh, I was I like, heard it. wait, what? Like, you haven't seen it? And you were like, I know, I know. And then I just responded with such a babe. That's all. Yeah. And I cannot think of Roadhouse anymore without thinking of the Family Guy episode where that's all Peter says is Roadhouse. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of stuck and. In my brain, okay, but, but I was like riding a high at 11 p.m. <laughs> so I was taking pictures of all the outfits, sending them to my roommate. Like, you should wear this. Um, anyways, what are you fangirling over? Well, I pre-fangirled, and it came true. I am fangirling over <laughs> my fan, fan fangirling, my Dyson fan. It is a life changer. I don't know how I've lived without it. I think I'm buying another one for the nursery. Wow. It, I mean, it's amazing. As I mentioned, I had an atrocious electric bill due to Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like this is going to mitigate it. It has, like, the perfect amount of white noise as well, and it can, like, get a love white noise. Yeah, it can get super fanny. Like, it goes from, like, 1 to 10 or whatever. It's a goddamn delight. Um, Also, I started watching The Marvelous Mrs. Mesa. I am... In episode six. So I have two so left. you love it? I love it. Great. It's definitely an Amy Sherman Palladino yes, production. It is. Like, it's one of those things where you're like, uh-huh. Like, if you blink, you miss a lot of things. Love Tony Shalhoub. That's all yeah. I have to say. Love him. Like, he is making the show for me in a way that I didn't know that I, like, loved Tony Shalhoub that much. Same. Um, And the mom, her mom, plays the principal in Speechless. And, like, they make her way older in Maisel versus Mm -hmm. sort of, like, in Speechless. And it took me a very long time to figure out how what I knew her from. Um, But, yeah, I'm really into it. I sort of, like detest her husband you said that it gets better but i'm like i mean i feel like he kind of tries yeah i just feel like meh Meh. i want to know like where they shot because it's like this is very 1950s and it's just like i don't think of new york as like still being very 1950s amazon has a budget i I mean they made it happen yeah bezos was like sure take a billion dollars (laughs) like whatever um but i'm really into it because i here was here was my thing i didn't trust it when it got nominated for a Golden Globe, because we know how I feel about the Golden Globes. Cause like it's when like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine got yeah. nominated? Not that anything no. against the show, but it was season one, Andy Samberg winning. It was crazy. It was crazy. And then it's like, okay, we know how the Golden Globes can easily be bought. You just mentioned that Amazon has a budget. They're trying, you know, Mozart in the Jungle was like a big Golden Globe um, thing. It's a good show. No, I know. <laughs> but it's just like one of those things where I'm like, all right, all right. And then when I got nominated for the Emmys, I was like, okay, okay, it's actually good. And I know, and like you said, obviously lots of people yeah. had said it was good, but I was still, I had this, it was a doubting Thomas. I, Mrs. I get Maisel. it because it's Amy Sherman Palladino, yes. which is not for everyone. No. And like it, you know, it has a look, it has a vibe, it has a tone. It's it's a thing. It's funny. I was, for some reason recently, I had to defend Amazon. Like someone said <laughs> they weren't watching shows. And I was like, Mozart in the Jungle, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I Love Dick. Like I was just naming <laughs> shows that I watched. It's like that. For, Amazon and True TV are two things that I defend like unknowingly. Oh, my gosh. Also, dinner with the same friend, she was like, are you watching Alone Together? And I was like, yeah, I am. I am not. Now I need to watch the whole thing. Because I, I, I remember when I saw the promo and I was like, this show is made for me. I've and seen every I episode. don't know what happened. And she was all sad that it was about to end. Um, it's very good. Watch it. Okay. Also, you mentioned Los Angeles five minutes ago. I did. Um, you're celebrating your ninth anniversary here. Unbelievable. I'm celebrating my third. And next month is our second anniversary for Fangirl. Unbelievable. Wow. 
It's crazy that we moved to Los Angeles the same weekend. Yeah. Like a Labor Day weekend time frame. Right? Isn't that when you moved too? Did anyone help you move? My mother. Yeah. They probably... Like, my parents helped me, so maybe it's, oh, like, it was like, a day you off. get, like, an extra day for driving. Situation. Did you drive through Vegas? Is that how you came? No. We did. I don't think so. We stayed for it a night. It was just sad desert, so. Oh, yeah, it's a lot well, of We stopped at the Grand Canyon, though. Oh, oh, so you took the southern route. We we went a little further north. Um, One of my favorite memories, though, is that so I went with my mom, and we met my aunts in Las Vegas. They were, like, there already. And... My mom had never been to Vegas, whatever we stayed. I don't even remember where we stayed. But we were, like, going down the escalator to, like, get back in the car to Mm -hmm. go to Los Angeles. And there was this – this is not funny, but it's so funny to me. There was a sort of older woman – I'd put her in, like, her mid-70s, foreign. And I don't think she'd ever been on an escalator before. Uh And she, like, couldn't really figure it out. And so my mom, being, like, the lovely Midwest woman that she is – offered to like help her and you know and they're like this woman's not speaking English whatever yeah so my mom like gets on the escalator with this woman and she like freaks out the woman does <laughs> and they both like fall backwards oh my god and my mom like rode down the escalator <laughs> like you know horizontal position with this woman like it was insane and like some security guard came over I did Nothing, not a thing, and was just like oh, stunned. That was like the entree into That's Los amazing. Angeles. It was ridiculous. I yeah. was like trying really hard not to laugh very hard about it because it it's seared in my brain as a I love comedy. when people fall. I love falls. Love it. I laugh thinking about if someone did fall and then they Me don't too. fall. You do? <laughs> Soulmates. I also um, accidentally point at people when they fall and they, <laughs> like, they think nobody saw and here I am pointing and laughing. <laughs> like, oh my God, you wow. fell. <laughs> I am terrible. Alrighty. This is uh, our last one in the series. And I feel like it's going to be the shortest. Oh. Well, maybe. Because, oh, I think we've both realized that we have some opinions. I feel like on there's no competition shows. here. Well, yeah. is what I'm saying. Okay, so we are going to do The Office versus Parks and Recreation. Now, should we have done The Office versus The Office? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I have not seen much of the British Office. For a while, I, like, didn't get Ricky Gervais. Like, I was like, mm. uh, Derek is so good. Do you want to cry and laugh? Yeah. I'm I'm all on board Ricky Gervais now, actually. But at the time, I was like, he, yeah, there's I'm something not about him. I'm the biggest fan of British humor in general, yeah. usually. Um, but let's just say that we chose to keep it in the U.S., which is why all of the shows are U.S. shows. <laughs> America shows. There. Now we fixed it. So The Office premiered actually on Eric's birthday, March 24th, 2005, and it ran until May 16th, 2013. Too long. (laughs) She's just going to put it out there. (laughs) Nine seasons, and obviously was adapted from Ricky Gervais' The Office. Um, Real quick, Seth Rogen auditioned for Dwight. Mm -hmm. What What? a different show that would have been. What a different show. So many good people, though, like... You know, we're sort of in that, like, UCB comedy world, like, audition mm-hmm. for this show. I totally get it. Um, and Rain Wilson originally auditioned for Michael, and he said that his his uh, audition was basically, like, just a poor man's Ricky Gervais impression. And Because um, that's Cr- probably what well, they thought Yeah, and they wanted. didn't have a script. That was the thing. Oh. So they um, – basically, the audition for all of the all of these people, they just sort of, like, it gave them questions to answer, like, in – 
the role. They would be like, answer how Pam would answer, answer how. And everyone's like improv people, so that's fine. Yeah. It's like a dream audition. And you know, like, kind of who you're based on. Like, Pam's based on Don, whatever. Yeah. And so Steve Carell actually said that he only watched half of the pilot episode of The Office because he didn't want to do, like, a Ricky Gervais. So smart. Um... But so, in case you've never seen it, you know, the main characters. Actually, there's so many main characters yeah. that I just kind of started listing everyone. But it's like Michael Scott, Dwight Troop, Pam Beasley, Jim Helper, Kelly Kapoor, Toby, Ryan, Andy. Andy doesn't come right away. Like, there's, like, people that kind of come in and out. Then you just get Ellie like Kemper. the real workplace. The, just like the real workplace. Um, but so, you know, Kelly Kapoor played by Mindy Kaling and then Ryan played by BJ Novak and then Toby. They're the like the main writers of the show. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, it's obviously created by Greg Daniels. Greg Daniels of King of the Hill will come up a little bit later. Greg Daniels was on The Simpsons. Um, he's done a lot of things. A lot of things that we love. But the series depicts the everyday lives of office employees in the Scranton, Pennsylvania branch of the fictional Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. Real quick fact. You know the opening credits? Yes. That footage shot by John Krasinski. Fun. Because he went there to, like, get method for Jim. I don't know. <laughs> like, he, like, went to Scranton to, like... Talk to paper company employees. To get the vibe. Yeah, and he shot that footage. I feel like if you've never worked for, like, a normal office, though, you should do it. Yeah. Like, if you've always been an actor or something. Totally. Yeah, please. You gotta, you gotta see this. <laughs> so my first job, I worked for a tech company, but our customers were paper companies. Mm-hmm. And so I started working, you know, 2006, so it was, like, right in this prime time of the office. And I was also, you know, 22. And, like, there were five of us that were, like, 22, 23. And I was probably the least into the office. The rest of my sort of crew was very into it. And my friend Laura, who listens to the podcast, is I can hear her right now being like, yeah, yeah. Um, But so we – they were, like, very, very into it. And we had a guy that we worked with who was, like, kind of a Dwight. Mm -hmm. And they, like, would – play the office pranks on this guy like we like put yeah. his a uh, wallet in the vending machine one time and like gave him nickels to try and get it out and like i think somebody did the jello mold with the stapler i can't rem- i can't fully remember it was a long time ago but i mean this show was like very pervasive from like a pop culture perspective yes however first season very poorly received not not well did not do well critically really? the first season yeah I've, i always thought it was like a hit straight out the gate it did win um, an Emmy for Outstanding Comedy. This Maybe it's the second season that it wins for. Um, and then gets a lot of sort of panning after Steve Carell leaves. Yeah. Um, and then remember Will Ferrell was involved, like, as a whole thing. So let's, let's do Parks and Rec because I have some, like, things to say okay. about The Office. Um, real quick, so I feel like, I mean— Technically a spinoff, but then it was created in its own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Parks and Recreation ran from 2009 to 2015, seven seasons. Also maybe pushing it a little bit. Well, you know that they didn't think but they I were going to get that last season. But I have my reasons why yeah. it should have been seven. So the series, in case you've never watched, which I am judging those who yes. haven't, mm-hmm. um, it stars Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope. She's a perky mid-level bureaucrat in the Parks and Rec department of a fictional Indiana town, Pawnee. Do people ever ask you if Pawnee's real because you're no, from Indiana? No, no one's ever asked me. <laughs> uh, but it is like the map of Muncie upside down or something like that. Amazing. Um, 
So she wants to, like, make the town beautiful. And season one is kind of all about helping Anne Perkins, the local nurse, future best friend, uh, turn an abandoned construction site into a community park. So the first season, very different from the rest of the show. I almost want to tell people to skip the first season. I tell season. people blatantly. I'm like, just skip it. Because you don't need to watch it. Like, people didn't like The Office the f- when it came out. I was very concerned about Parks and Rec when yeah, it came out. Me I too. was like, oh, I was so excited for this show. Now I'm not so sure. Freaking how Mark. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> so the series was originally planned as a direct spinoff. I'm not sure how. Like, who would have come over to make it a spinoff. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, it was later redesigned to be an original story, but it kept the office's mockumentary format. Um, Amy Poehler's character obviously underwent major changes after the first season because people th- thought she came off as ditzy, which she was playing just a female Michael Scott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people did not like that. Like, she's still woman. kind of likable, but you're like, you're dumb. I don't know. Or like, you're embarrassing yourself. Season one of Parks and Rec is just a trip. Like, I kind of want to go back and watch it because I've told so many people not to watch it. Yeah. But But it's almost like you do need to watch it because it does establish all the characters. Yeah. Uh, But I feel like they end up being slightly different than who they are in that first season. Everyone's, like, working through through it in season one. (laughs) Yeah, just They're trying to find themselves. Uh Uh-huh. It's kind of messy, but... It gets so good. And didn't you say Andy wasn't even supposed to be in it like yeah, for that long? So Chris Pratt as Andy wasn't even supposed to go past season one, which is crazy. Crazy. I can't. How could. Can you imagine the show without him? Isn't it insane just to think about like where Chris Pratt is now and like where Chris Pratt was season one of Parks and yeah. Recreation? Like he's like arguably one of the biggest movie stars in the world and then he's just sort of like puffy andy in mouse rat shining shoes Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you're like what how did who saw that coming who was like that guy that guy's the guy (laughs) parks rec you get so many characters as well like the office Mm -hmm. but you get like leslie and ron Ron. the best Mm -hmm. tom donna Mm -hmm. Jerry, Larry, Larry, mm-hmm. <laughs> Larry, Larry, Gary, Jerry, Larry, Jerry, Gary, you, John Ralphio. Ugh. Like you get so many people. Yeah. And so it's like you want to say it's almost as messy as The Office, but is it? It doesn't feel like there's as much turnover. Um, and not that The Office is like cranking through characters, but I do feel like uh, every once in a while, like the side characters will have like larger storylines. And I do most of the major storylines on Parks and Rec sort of, like, revolved around the main characters. Yeah, that's true. But then you would get the random, like, John Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> so similarities, obvious ones right off the bat. Workplace comedies, mockumentary style, both on NBC. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, of course, they're going to be on NBC because it was supposed to be a direct spinoff. Right. And then, I mean, obviously, they were created by the same people. Like, yeah. You get Greg Daniels. Who creates The Office, he adapts it from the British, and then Mike Schur, who was an office writer, they leave to go, like, launch Parks and Rec. Greg Daniels served as the showrunner for both of the show. The money. The money. The The time. time. Like, I don't understand the time, really. Like, how— The Ryan Murphy of comedy. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um, And so, you know, they have a similar aesthetic because they have a similar— staff kind of behind them right also rashida jones in both in both wow 
kind of forget that she's in the office. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal that she's in the office. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of an important... It's a huge deal. Like, yeah, storyline. But I just always think of her as Anne. Also, Ellie Kemper almost was on Parks and Rec, not what? The Office. What? So she auditioned for the role of Anne. What? What a different show. What a different but show. But also I see Ellie Kemper working in the Parks and Rec universe. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. like a baby Leslie. Mm-hmm. Like she... Um, I read something once that – so both she and um, Mindy Kaling went to Ivy League schools, and they there was an article written about them about how it's actually quite hard to play dumb. Like, you actually have to be pretty yeah. skilled and pretty smart to be able to play dumb. Um, and I think Ellie Kemper – I would not say that Kimmy Schmidt is dumb. She's just, like, naive. Um, but on The Office, she's kind of dumb. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. She's she's kind of dumb. It's a little more like, mm, like a teenager at the mall kind of. Yeah. It's not dumb. It's just I don't know. Juvenile. Yeah, yeah. That's a better word. Okay, differences. So there's some like key ones. I mean, obviously, Pawnee is in Indiana, so the Midwest. The office is in Scranton, Pennsylvania, in on the East Coast. I think it makes a difference. There's something. The show's visually, when I think about The Office, I think about it being, like, drab. Yeah, like but it's, it's very in an neat. office. Right. But it's just, like, even when they go to other places, like, I don't know, it's the way it's shot or something. It's, like, sort of muted. Although I was just telling you, one way that they wanted to differentiate themselves from the British version of The Office is that the lights in the actual office building are brighter. <laughs> I was like, wow, it must be real dark and dreary in the yeah. British version of The Office. But it, Parks and Rec feels, like, um, more colorful yeah. to me. There's, maybe that's there's later a lot of seasons. red in there. A lot of red, very patriotic. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like, you know, you got that big pop of yellow with Ron's eggs and bacon <laughs> picture. <laughs> um, what else? What else is different? Um, obviously, The Office ran longer, mm-hmm. which is crazy, mm-hmm. considering so many cast changes by the last season or mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Um, Michael and Leslie are both super passionate and kind of invasive, but one is smarter. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie, like, uses her powers for good, and Michael uses his powers, like, for dumb. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not for evil. No, it's not for evil. Like, he just can never, like, you get it together. You don't think of the consequences either. No, and you don't, you, I feel like you respect Leslie, you don't respect Michael Scott. Like, he's, yes. like, he's the butt of the joke, and she's just an insane person, but in, like. And Leslie of, can get in on the joke. Yes. And, and is accepted. Yeah, and there's no better episodes than when Leslie's drinking. Those are my favorite. Uh, <laughs> my when favorite. the whole cast drinks. <laughs> so I feel like, maybe controversial, but I feel like you care about the Parks cast more. I agree. Like, you care about what happens. I was actually trying to look up some differences online, like maybe I missed something yeah. super obvious. Uh-huh. And I read this uh, Reddit thread on, like, which is better. Like, I don't know. And I really liked this one comment from... DS Junior 1388. <laughs> Once Parks and Rec hit its stride, it's really not similar to The Office. The Office is a show with a largely pessimistic um, like group of characters. Jim mm-hmm. and Michael are really the soul of The Office and are each pretty unhappy through most of the run. Michael doesn't have family or friends he wants. Jim doesn't like the job he has. And even as he gets Pam and a baby, he still feels pretty unfulfilled professionally. Um, and so like Parks and Rec is kind of the opposite of that, like the group – 
you know, like kind of works together and they move on and grow. Mm-hmm. And the office, they're just miserable forever. But I feel like the office may be a little more real life <laughs> in an argument to that. Um, that's a very interesting point. I was, I was also thinking that like one of the key differences is so much of Parks and Rec's or so much, I'm sorry, so much of The Office to me is Jim and Pam and like the, well, they won't they, like, you know, like how long that takes and like. Which I never cared about, to be honest. I cared about like the C-list characters. You're like Angela. (laughs) You're like really into that. So it's like a lot of the show to me was the like, well, they won't they. And then Parks and Rec, you obviously have like Leslie and Ben, like April and Andy, but it's like it doesn't feel like it consumes a season no, in a way. And so it's like there's that. And it could be, to DS Jr. 1388's point, that that love is sort of like the bright spot in the show. I was going to say it's because the office is so like drab and like yeah. a sad nine to five life. And then they've like found something exciting within it. Right. But then on parks, like it's like they you see so much of their other life sort of like outside of the office. Um, and they have more than just that, like, what's my like office romance going to be or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I think we're not holding our cards very tightly. I never loved The Office. Did I cry at the finale? Yeah. But did I cry when Jim and Pam got married? Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, their wedding episode when they actually get married in Niagara Falls is an amazing episode of television written by Mindy Kaling. Um, She loves romance. She loves romance. And like their whole wedding was going to be such a cluster. And the fact that they knew that and they were like, we're just going to go on this boat, and then we're going to come back. It's going to be fine. Um, loved it. And when Michael Scott comes back, mm-hmm. oh, because yeah. he said he wasn't going to, and then you were like, oh, tears, instant tears. Yeah. And I didn't even love it that much. Yeah, I, it was never a show that I needed to watch every week. Totally. And Parks and Rec was a show, like, I need to be home mm-hmm. and watch this. Yeah. I will say, though, in syndication, The Office gets me. Like, Oh, it has great bits. It's really funny, but I think you hit it on the head. I just didn't care as much about them as a group. And I think it's because at the end of the day, I felt like they didn't respect Michael. Like he was never really like in the crew. Like he, and like, he tried so hard. So hard. And I almost felt like that was a problem. Where it's like I can't rally around this group of people because on one level they're like being sort of mean to and excluding this one guy even though he's like adult but sort of a lovable one. And then like Dwight's weirdness of being sort of like trying to get everybody together but also being like a tyrant. Like I don't know. I could never fully rally around them collectively Mm -hmm. in the same way that I – passionately love the, the guest it's hard for me because i keep thinking i should go back and watch a, more of the office but my upstairs neighbors it is their go-to show oh, mm-hmm. and i can hear the theme song yeah. at any time of day yeah. and i it's like worked up a hatred towards the <laughs> office just because they have the power to skip the intro yeah and they don't do it yeah it, why why are they doing this to me you think they're watching it like on netflix it's not just like on syndication Oh, yeah, because it's different times of day. Oh, gotcha. 
Um, but it's also like watch another show maybe. Well, so it's funny that you say that because – you know, office fans only watch The Office. Yeah. No. Well, so obviously working at TV time, like we are sort of privy to the television consumption patterns and behaviors of a lot of people, and we did sort of an informal focus group. Wow, getting nerdy here. No, super nerdy. But because there's so much TV, I think people are overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and we had multiple people be like, "Yeah, I just like." don't know what to watch, so I just rewatch The Office or I rewatch Friends or well, whatever. And we can see that. Like, it's like people are watching Friends all the time. But The Simpsons my favorite show, and yeah. I haven't watched, like, newer seasons because I'm very much, like, I don't know, a nerd, and I don't really go past season 15. Mm-hmm. But I don't have it on all day. Right. Every day. It's not, like, comforting yeah. to you. I mean, no, it is my security blanket. Like, if my number you'll one, watch it. It is. Yeah, like, I get in moods where I want to watch it, but it's not something I'm having... Like, on TV all day, every day. Right. <laughs> I know. it's And even Parks and Rec, which is my top five favorite shows of all time. First of all, it took me— Yeah, a, I haven't even rewatched it. I haven't rewatched it. It took me a very long time to watch the finale. I, like, recorded all of them. How did this work? <laughs> no, I think I watched all of it live, but then I recorded the final one, and it took me— I'm not kidding, like, three weeks to watch it because I wasn't ready. I finally watched the Nashville finale oh, off topic. <laughs> but I really liked the way they did the final scene. Great. Because, okay, so Connie Britton is gone. So they, uh, the main guy came out to sing a song on his, like, tour or whatever. And slowly, like, everyone from the cast came out to sing the song, oh. including Connie, what? came back. All of old, like, reoccurring characters came out, and then the crew started coming (gasps) out, and they all just sang this song, and it was the sweetest finale. We were like, great. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Well, but, I mean, I just, I didn't want it to end. And I will say the Parks and Recreation finale was perfect, in my opinion. I think they did, they did something that a lot of people do, like, well, they'll jump into the future or whatever. Yeah, which I never love. But they didn't do it collectively. They jumped into different futures like different times for different people, um, and I really I appreciated it. I thought it was great, and that whole final season was a total cluster yeah. because you knew that like when those doors closed on the elevator on the season before that, they thought that was the season finale, uh-huh. and it's like because we had to jump three years in the future, and they're like, "This is it. This is done. Oh shit, we got a thirteen episode order. Now what do I we do?" I wonder what. It would have been like without the time jump, but they time jumped because Amy Poehler didn't want to work with babies. Yes. Just having babies herself. Yes. I mean, fair. Yeah. And it's like a nightmare to work with babies on but set. I, I'm like, would that have made it better? Or I don't know. I don't because, know. again, to like talk about differences in characters, like this shows more growth and moving on mm-hmm. where where The Office never did that. So maybe I mean, it that's didn't, better. It, it didn't. It didn't. Because then like Jim, what is it? Like athlete, like. When he's, you know, kind of starting his own company. Mm-hmm. But they all sort of simmer in this sort yeah, of but I feel like, shitty work yeah, environment. Yeah, like mentally for they're so still long. the same people. True. And then remember, like, there's Pam, no like optimism. They start their Hope. own paper company. Like, yeah. there's like a lot. It's like, also, I don't know, why do you love paper so much? Why do you like paper so much? I mean, I guess it's what you know. Um, Pam's hair gets a lot better <laughs> throughout the series. It's a tough, it's a tough go for her. Jenna Fisher in those first couple of seasons. Um, but, yeah, they, they got money. Everybody looks better. It's just – it's not as hopeful and optimistic as Parks and Recreation. And that's probably just a testament to Leslie. Like, she's yeah. literally the most 
optimistic, can-do person, like, ever Mm -hmm. on television. But not only just... But she had a support system. Like, even just best friends with Anne. Mm -hmm. Michael Scott didn't really... He kind of had that with, like, a Jim and Pam, but not really. And that's the thing. It's like he... None of his romantic relationships work out until the end, which is also great. When When he leaves and they, like, have the whole... What is it? Holly? Is that her name? They have all the candles. Have you seen that episode? I don't know. Ooh. And but it's in the office. <laughs> it's like Wait, why is yes, I office? have. I've seen it. Oh man. Like cried at that one too. I mean, there are the emotional moments, but it's probably because in general, the show's like kind of um monotone in terms mm-hmm. of like sort of sarcastic. So they don't have to like push it that hard to yeah, bring the to, emotion. Exactly. Where it's like in Parks and Recreation, I mean, we've played the clip of, like, Ben and Leslie getting engaged, like, their wedding. Like, the fight with Ron is one of but the I most think, emotional episodes I've ever seen. But that's because you're so attached to the characters. Maybe. That's true. You're making a good point. Hmm. I don't know. And, like, Tom Haverford is one of the funniest. And we, I've said this before. Parks and Rec does so well in duos. Yeah. Like, the combinations of two people. And I feel like on The Office, you needed sort of more people like Dwight and Jim's sort of rivalry is funny yeah and I guess you could say like Jim and Pam whatever but it's just like it needed more of kind of everyone in the office um than Parks and Rec did although when everyone is together Parks and Rec is amazing yeah but it's just like just I want to why was there never a spin-off of Tom and Donna like wow I mean (laughs) I would watch forever. Or, like, even just a web series. I was just going to say had. that, yeah. Like, um, what's Ellie Kemper's character and Kelly Kapoor, like, would do stuff every oh, once yeah. in a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, um, I, I just, I miss Parks and Recreation. And, like, that's, I think, too, why I have. It's like, a good thing to miss a show. Don't, I, don't reboot it. Don't reboot it. Please don't reboot it. But I will say, so, do you think you can then make a comparison to Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Like, could you couple you think, all three of these shows together? No. Well, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's not shot mock- mockumentary style. True. It's right there. It's different. True. But maybe, like, a collective, like, cast in a workplace. But that's so many shows. That's not yes, so crazy. But workplace comedies have really fallen out of fashion. You've, we really have a lot of, like, family comedies. Um, and so it's, like... And just, you know, the creators and the kind of the people behind them are, yeah. you know, all very I similar. I would say I don't think there would be a Brooklyn Nine-Nine without a Parks and Rec. Totally. But I don't think you can really, like, pit them against each other. Interesting. Yeah, and the the mockumentary style, too. I mean, even think about, like, Modern Family is mockumentary. Like, mm-hmm. that was so in vogue for so long, too. And now when you watch it, it's, like, kind of strange. This reminded me, one of my favorite things that I think I saw on Tumblr, Twitter, I don't know, someone was like, I'm going to hire my wedding videographer, but I'm going to tell them to shoot the office style. So it's just a lot of like side eyes and like <laughs> awkward looks. And that's amazing. Please do that. Yeah, someone. Like, Great. I want to watch your wedding. <laughs> Through side eye. Through yeah. like, just like your great aunt side eye. Perfect. I, uh, yeah, and, and to your point, like, you wouldn't obviously have Parks and Rec without The Office, so mm-hmm. it's like they're sort of forever linked in that way, but I think that they are vastly different shows just because at the core, Parks and Rec has much more heart than The Office to me. Yeah. Come at me, though, because I know people... People hardcore. Hardcore. would kill a man to protect The Office. For sure. And the... 
The Office, I think, was much more of like a runaway hit. And Parks and Rec was always in jeopardy of getting canceled every season. And so it was like this little engine that could in a way. And so I think even as a fandom, you kind of bought into that. And so you have this like love for it because it was like, you almost took my show. Well, I think a lot of people dropped off after season one when they realized it was like a sad version of The Office. Uh They didn't wait to see like what it could become. Yeah. And I think that really hurt it. Enter Rob Lowe. Just... Um, Changing oh no. the course. It was I, Adam Scott and um, Jim O'Hare, uh-huh. I think, both auditioned for Ron or something like that. No, okay. no, no. Take that. I was like, a Adam whole Scott? jumble. Adam Scott and Nick Offerman auditioned to be um, the season one guy. Mark? That's what it is. Mark. What? Yeah, that is true. Ugh. I think I mentioned it before. Ron Swanson is the, like the lowest testing character in the history of television. That's crazy because everyone Iconic. loves him. Yeah, like when they, they do, you know, the pilot testing, people were like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> like, who is this, like, anti-government government worker? Like, what's his deal? And Icon. It's one of the best characters on television. One of the best characters on television. And so much of Ron Swanson, like is Nick Offerman. Like, the yeah. fact that he plays the saxophone and Did you know that was written? Like, Duke Silver was written before the, anyone knew that he could play saxophone? No. Yeah. That's crazy. I just saw on Instagram, Chris Pratt, like, was somewhere and cut down a tree. Like, he owns property and, like, like they had to cut down a tree. And he's like, this is going to Nick Offerman's workshop to Chris become... Chris Pratt became a man. Yeah. Throughout the Literally, show. Like, he did. But he, like, cut down this tree and he's sending it to Nick Offerman to make him a table. And I was like, this the is reason what I, want. I watched Roadhouse last night was because, um, first of all, someone told me to watch it like two days ago, and then I watched a clip. Uh, it was Aunt Amy Poehler's favorite moment is when Andy is acting out a movie scene by scene, but it's Roadhouse, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just should watch it. I'll see if it's online, and it was. <sighs> yeah, don't reboot. They almost rebooted The Office. Remember. <sighs> It was like in talks, and they, uh, Steve Carell was not like going to come back. It's been on for 20 years. Let's bring it back. No. Guys, we don't need it. We hardly need Murphy Brown. But, we hardly need but Murphy I Brown. I love Candace, and I need it. <laughs> the thing about Murphy Brown is that it's been like 20-something years. Yeah. I am interested to dip a toe. I'm very interested, and speci- especially I know she retired, and then she got bored, and now she's doing kind of like a roundtable show. Love. Love. If it's like those Hollywood Reporter shows, perfect. It's going to be like The Talk or something. Perfect. But that's 20 years ago. Like, that's even more. It's like, all right, let me see. Yeah, like Will and Grace was too soon. Let me check in with my friends. Like, what's going on? I miss these people. Like, cut to 20 years from now if they're like, oh, let's do a reunion of Parks and Rec. 100% Do you think we would hate reboots as much if they did them like Brady Bunch Christmas movie and like that kind of thing where it's just a one- that's hour and a half, two-hour catch-up. Like, oh, look, now they're adults and they're getting married. Like, That's that kind want. of thing. That's what I want. I mean, Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. I thought that was good. It was great. Do I need any more of it? Maybe not. No. Like, but it is. It's one of those things of, like, we were talking about it being comfortable. Like, these characters in these shows, like, make you sort of, like, warm and fuzzy. And you could use that every once in a while. Yeah. I just feel like you have to keep it tight. If you're bringing it it back, like, Will and Grace does not need the second season that's happening. No. The comeback season. No. And you made a great point about Will and Grace that I've thought about a lot, that 
they evolved. Like, so much happened. There was, like, change. And, and then they took it all they back. They took it all back. Just to, like, like, don't do that. Don't do that. Exactly. Like, if the office came back, I don't want to see them all, like, still working at Sad Dunder Mifflin. Like, it's, like, No, it's maybe go years. to Jim's business. Yeah. Maybe some people moved over and there's new people. Yeah, like, what's going on with Michael? Like, did they have kids? Like, you know, like, all of those things. Like, okay. I, I think see. that's what people want to know. Like, if we caught up with friends today, mm-hmm. they want to see, like... Monica and Chandler's kids grown up a little bit. Yeah, like, they're going to be in, like, seventh grade. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want everyone to live in the apartments again. No. Because that's not what happens. Maybe they do, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we don't, but maybe that is what people want. Like, I want to see, because you... But you, then it becomes a sad show, these, like, yeah. almost 50-year-olds living in these two apartments, and they only have each other because they're kind of nightmares, but... We love them. It's very sad. There's, like, that undercurrent. And That's I what think, Will and Grace has become. I know. And what I think – what is so great and wonderful about television is your ability to connect to somebody and to see yourself or your situation in somebody else or somebody something, you know, on television, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't want that – to be your reality forever like you want to move and grow and change so you want to that's why i'm saying will and grace the reboot terrified me (laughs) completely no it's completely terrifying and like so that's why i don't understand why they don't evolve these characters or like okay if we're gonna do this reboot let's you know there they need to be new challenges or it's like we have to assume that people are connecting to the characters as individuals not just the scenarios that we put them in previously and I think that's why we care about these shows is the characters because you connect to them. And I think that's kind of why Roseanne worked, even though it's garbage and it's now the Connors. <laughs> but um, it's just like you know that Roseanne wouldn't have grown much and she would have kind of become a bitter old lady. Yeah, and probably. that's what it was. And uh-huh. I was like, this is kind of working. It's like realistic. But she's a monster. So. <laughs> yeah, but she's a monster. <sighs> I just got all Anyways, fired up about that. Back I to just, the office and Parks and Rec. I, I don't think they're the same show. I don't love the office as much as I probably should. Please tell me why I should love it more. I'm willing to, like, try it. I'm not against it at all. No, I'm, I'm just, not against it. I'm always going to love Parks and Rec more. You can't change it. My, if you had to say, like, of the th- three shows, it's a tough – it's Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The, like, the office is, like, distant for me. Just in thinking of, like, sort of the creators and sort of the people behind all of these shows – and I – tell me why. Tell me why I'm wrong. Email us. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Honestly, like, give me a list because I know there are people that love it yeah, so much. Yeah, it's their number one. And I want to love it. I love to love things. Parks and Rec is my number one. But, like, tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, don't tell me why I'm wrong about Parks and Rec because I'm not. But, like, tell me why I'm wrong about the office. Wow, you're so open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, again, you judged people for not watching it. I judged them for not liking it. Yeah. Full of judgment in this room. So, so send the judgment on back. So, no, yeah. please don't because we're very fragile and we can't <laughs> handle it. I can take it. I'll take it. I can take it. Um, so email us at hellofangirls at gmail.com with your judgment. Or <laughs> send us, you know, things on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. Uh, yeah. Threadless store, still 20% off. I haven't made the fancy trash shirt, but it is on the agenda. Great. So, <laughs> did you know? So only like, Marin can buy it. Yeah, so only I just want it. We can ideate together. I can send you some sketches. Great. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys. So until next Friday. Bye. bye.